If you were here yesterday, um, you will know that we looked at Matthew chapter 1. We're going to continue in Matthew chapter 1, where we left off yesterday, uh, beginning at verse 18. If you had been along to one of our evening services uh, just a few Sundays ago, we were looking at the prophecies cited in Matthew's Gospel, and we actually looked at this text, amongst others, um, as I asked the question, what are you dreaming of this Christmas time? So have that in your minds, what are you dreaming of as we consider this uh, text once again, Matthew 1, 18 to 25, the fulfillment of the promise, the fulfillment of the promise. Yesterday was all about Matthew, the gospel writer, saying this New Testament revelation, this gospel of Jesus Christ uh, is squarely linked on the Old Testament. It is built on the Old Testament. In fact, Christ is prophesied through the Old Testament. The need for Christ is demonstrated from generation to generation throughout the Old Testament. So here is your answer. Here is the fulfillment in Christ, this coming child. If you're... Taking notes this morning, I've got three F's. Firstly, fear. Secondly, facts. And thirdly, favour. Fear, facts, and favour. Some of you might remember this song. You may have heard it in shops or on the radio as you've gone about your business. Um, And and the song goes uh, like this. And so this is Christmas. For weak and for strong. For rich and the poor ones, the road is so long. And so happy Christmas, for black and for white, for yellow and red ones, let's stop all the fight. A very merry Christmas and a happy new year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. I haven't sung it tunefully for you, but some of you will no doubt remember the lyrics or recognise them. Um, As well as being one of the leading members of the world-famous band The Beatles, John Lennon was an unbeliever, and he was an anti-war campaigner. And these lyrics that I've just uh, gone through were from his 1972 song, Happy Christmas, War is Over part of his efforts to bring to an end the war in the country of Vietnam, a war which would rage on for another three years after this song was released as part of the effort to bring that war to an end. But though John was an unbeliever, though he was focused largely on uh, humanitarian, secular humanitarian aims and efforts, Perhaps he was on to something in the refrain to the verses. There's a refrain that says, War is over if you want it. War is over now. Well, friends, 
We say Happy Christmas or Merry Christmas because the war between us and heaven is in Christ over. It is over now to the praise of his glorious grace. So with that in mind, understanding that the war, the rebellion of humankind against heaven, that uh, conflict is now over in and through Christ, our Saviour and Lord. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 1, and beginning at verse 18. That's what this is all about. This is what the Christmas story is all about. The end to that conflict, our rebellion, God's decisive action. Verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. May God bless his word to us this morning, this Christmas morning. Remember three points, fear, facts and favour. Firstly, fear. Well, I wonder this morning, dear friends, if you're hiding any fears behind the mask of Christmas joy that you're wearing this morning. That's a, that's a pastor's question to you this morning. Well, if you're not 100% bulletproof here today, then fear not, because the Bible says, fear not. The Bible tells us that the Lord God himself, Emmanuel, God with us, knows our fears. And he came to fully and finally deal with them. The reality is that fear is a part of human life. Oh, we're taught, aren't we, in our culture today to be fearless. Just be fearless. No one can put you down. No one can judge you. Just walk about with a chip on your shoulder and a bit of a strut and a swagger. The reality is not like that, dear friends. Sometimes it's healthy to be fearful, isn't it? Fearful of things that could kill us. I mean, dangers. Wild animals. Road traffic, contaminated water. It's wise to be cautious around such things. But what I really mean is ultimate fear. Our deep, dark, abiding dread. 
the fear of losing out, our prestige being damaged, the fear of man, what our contemporaries might do to us or say about us. Friends, such fears are not good. In fact, they are sinful fears because they result from us either overvaluing ourselves and our pride or overvaluing other people. Our judgment is off in such scenarios. What about our fear of judgment? Standing before holy God with the full details of our lives unveiled, naked, without anyone to defend us. How could we possibly withstand God's scrutiny? His true verdict. Friends, now this is good and healthy fear. Psalm 111, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. No matter how many letters you got after your name, if you have no fear of the Lord, you're yet a learner. You're yet a beginner. If we have reached that point where we fear the Lord God Almighty who made us, then we have gained knowledge. And if you look at Psalm 111 and verse 10, we discover that true praise, true worship is possible from that point. Reverent fear before the Lord, our maker, our judge. True worship is possible if we have tasted of the Lord's forgiving nature. His great grace and mercy, which is the declaration of Christmas time. Friends, this grace that casts out all our fears has become evident to Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, in the words of the angel. Though Joseph had much to fear, humanly speaking, he had much to be concerned about, with a pregnant fiancé. See, Joseph was considering these things, it says in verse 20. He, he was vexed. He was sleepless at night, worried about this scenario. Divorce proceedings are not a trivial matter. At least they ought not to be for anyone. But just at the right time, the angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph. And what did he say? Do not fear. Hallelujah. Praise God. Friends, what a wondrous news this is for, for Joseph. And what news for us as we carry on. Friends, this is not fantasy. Perhaps if these words that are written were fables and obvious fantasy, they would offer us little comfort, little relief from our fears. But the reality is that they are presented as fact by the eyewitnesses who lived through these events. They were so important, so significant, that they wrote them down for our benefit as led and inspired 
by the very Holy Spirit of God. Such dramatic and life-transforming truths cannot be kept to oneself. Verse 18. Now, if you were here listening yesterday, you will know what I mean here. Now, the genesis of Jesus Christ took place in this way. The coming of Jesus Christ, the advent, the Christ event began in this way. God entering the world, the creator himself. According to Matthew, the tax collector, whose own life was utterly turned around by the incarnate God. These are the facts. Indisputable and revolutionary because they present the unique event in human history where the very creator of all things became a tiny human baby in the womb of a young Jewish teenager. Creative power demonstrated once again to herald a new age of grace to the world to fulfill all things in this special child, the Christ child. As I said yesterday, Matthew introduces his gospel, this first book of the New Testament, with a reminder of all that's gone before. By looking at the ancestors of Jesus' adoptive earthly father, Joseph, an almost complete retelling of the Old Testament narrative and all its human fallenness and shame, yet the echoes of grace in the promises of God are retold. Standing on the testimony of historical truth as God has proven himself 100% trustworthy to the people of Israel, at least to those of faith who believed in his word and by grace held fast to the testimony of the ages. You see, even those Old Testament saints had received the unmerited favour of Almighty God, which was now to be unveiled in ever greater clarity and with greater power than at any time in human history in the coming of Christ. God himself, in the flesh, as he promised, centuries earlier. These are the facts. The case rests on this testimony and on the witness of the Holy Spirit of God. Thirdly, favour. Have you found favour this Christmas time? Better than anything you could find under the tree. Better than anything that might still be awaiting you in the sales to come in a few days' time. Friends, the reason we celebrate today is because of the advent, the coming of Christ. This coming ushers in the age of Christ, the age of grace in his name, the declaration of peace from heaven to earth, and the end of fear. That should speak to you this morning if you've come here fearful in any way, for any reason. Perhaps you're fearful going back to school. Maybe you've got mocks. Maybe you've got 
other challenges in the playground. Maybe you've got a tough work situation. You just can't abide the thought of going back. Friends, if God is for us, who can be against us? And God has demonstrated in the coming of Christ that he is for us. Praise God. First and foremost, we have his favour for the fear of judgment. A judgment that every man or woman without, without exception will face. The question is, will we face it alone or with Christ at our side? Our great advocate speaking a better word for you before the throne of grace. When all these trivial things are swept away and our day comes, will we be assembled with all the saints in glory? Ascribing all honour and majesty and power to the one who was crucified for us. Friends, when we look at the tree, that's what we should see. We should see a cross of wood. Through which we gain eternal life. These everlasting, these evergreen leaves are here to represent the everlasting life which is ours through the cross of Christ. bowing in reverent worship before him and receiving our eternal reward for persevering here in this place, this place of tears. The angel of the Lord appears graciously to Joseph, dispelling all his fears in an instant. Did you notice that? Joseph, a man weighed down with the troubles of having to make this journey to register in his hometown with a fiancé who he's just found out is with child, not his own. Can you imagine a more helter-skelter journey, festival time? Joseph, trust God. His plan is best. And not only best, glorious, Supreme. This child that is conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, a son that time itself has been waiting for. You and your ancestors have been waiting for. You shall call his name Jesus. Joseph, you have a privilege of naming this child. For he will save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. Perhaps Joseph might be forgiven for thinking that he was hearing or seeing things. But all this had been prophesied long ago. The records of the people of God bore out the reality of this divine rescue plan. A plan that only God could conceive of and realize. The Lord God himself was coming to earth to cast away our fears once and for all. Our fears of man, our fears of failure, our fears of divine judgment. Praise God. And so Joseph woke from his sleep. Did you notice that? Joseph woke from his sleep to go and do 
all the Lord had commanded him to do. And so what about you on this Christmas day? Have you woken from your sleep? Maybe if it was 4.09 in the morning, maybe you're not feeling too awake. But I'm talking about spiritual awakeness. Have you woken from your sleep? Have you embarked on the Lord's new course for your life in obedience to his plan? Friends, Christmas Day is the day we thank God for his amazing gift. And today is a great day to begin your journey with him, if you're yet to do so. Otherwise, if you're already on that journey, let's redouble our efforts. Let's give thanks to God who has reminded us clearly what it's all about. And give our thanks and praise to Christ. He is well worth it. Let's bow our heads in prayer.